I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwich. Good afternoon. Welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to a cold, grey January afternoon in South Bermondsey. Her Majesty's Prison, South Bermondsey. I passed the lines of um, Stasi checking my, my papers. They are in order. My COVID passport checks out. I passed the line of sniffer dogs. I'm not carrying anything other than my heart attack uh, spray that I have to carry around with me. And I got in past the turnstile. So, um, yeah, all, all good on my front, I can tell you that much. With this afternoon's fixture against Nottingham Forest has been delayed for mysterious reasons, 10 minute delay for a medical emergency, whether that's um, the absence this afternoon of Jed Wallace from the Millwall team and, and uh, substitutes bench, who knows, um, apparently he's injured, um, but your Lions team this afternoon, Barfield, Kofsky and Gold, don't know whether we're going to be playing with a flat back four, but uh, Danny Mack, Murray Wallace, Sean Hutchinson, Jay Cooper, midfield this afternoon, George Evans, Billy Mitch, uh, up front, Ojo, Afobe and Bradshaw. Scott Malone in the uh, the left side position as well. If make whatever you can out of that series of scrambled up names, dear listeners. Um, it's been a dramatic old week here, dear, you know, dear listeners. Um, what can you say? Uh, FA inquiries after the uh, the missile lobbying. More missiles than in the Ukraine against uh, Crystal Palace last weekend. Generating um, a statement by Chief Exec Steve Kavanaugh has gone down like uh, a lead balloon or perhaps a state visit by Prince Andrew amongst the um, internet support. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I've got nothing to say on the matter other than the fact that if you throw stuff on the pitch in, uh, in live TV, you're going to get some comeback, aren't you? But anyway, move on to today's fixture. This feels rather like a, a landmark fixture. The, the visit of Nottingham Forest to the Den is always one of the big games of the season. Um, this afternoon does feel for Millwall a bit of a test whether there is indeed life after Jed Wallace in the championship. Um, I believe there is. I believe we've showed enough against Crystal Palace to um, you know to, to remain hopeful. There's been no transfer business. I imagine that um, Jed will be signing for someone, whether it's this afternoon's visitors, the, the erstwhile suitors for his hand in marriage. Not, uh, not seeing Forrest, who knows? Forrest are wearing a bizarre luminous green um, and orange Kind of like a, a mashup of uh, opal fruits kit this afternoon. Lions, of course, in the uh, the familiar dark blue shirts and white shorts. We will be kicking us off. Sorry, Forrest will be kicking us off. Attacking the cold glow lane in accordance with the dictates of the venerable bead writing from Jarrow Monastery in Anglo-Saxon England via the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles. So enough old tosh, off the field matters, it's back to football, which is the way that I like it. And it's going to be um, one-time Millwall player, modern-day villain Lewis Graben to kick us off. What can possibly go wrong, dear listeners? Off we go. Murray Wallace, Mill straight under the attack in seconds. Ball across the face of the goal and in the, in the, in the, in the attention of Benicafobe. Just ten seconds on the stadium clock. Wow. There's a start. Lions retain possession again. It's um, an open start by Millwall. We're not even 30 seconds into the match. 
and once again we have the ball deep in defence. Great to see the Lions go at it. Let's hope that we keep that kind of um, fire in a belly this afternoon. That brings the crowd into play. And for better or for worse, that's, that is our 12th man. It might cost a few quid in fines from time to time. But that's the way it's always been since 1885, from what I have my reading shows. On the bench, we have Jules Long, Michael Keithton, Bell, Ben Thompson making a welcome return. Uh, Matt Smith, Mason Bennett, Connor Mahoney. I'm going to write a letter to the Times. I've spotted the first Connor Mahoney of 2022. And Tyler Bury, who really did impress me. I don't know about you, dear listeners. In his late cameo versus Crystal Palace. So um, I'm hoping that we'll see him at some stage. We do love a bit of drama down the end, don't we? So... I don't know if any of you are students of um, like the Spanish and the uh, the Indian soaps. There's always a dramatic finish after each episode, and that seems to be life at Mill. We were kind of drama, drama junkies, drama queens. Should be uh, probably not best choice of words, given uh, the statements on homophobic chants last week. Any roads, as my old nan would say. We're not two minutes into the game. Mill once again pressing forwards. Early, early brightness by the lines. This is Shea Ojo over on the right side. Dispossessed rather cheaply, I, I, I fear. Another poor ball out wide. This is Murray Wallace. Missed last week following the birth of his baby, or his wife's baby. Lovely turn by Bennett Defobe. Surging into the box. Oh, really the post he went for. The power. Palm by him by the goalkeeper. Number 13, dressed all in white this afternoon. Unusual choice for a goalkeeper. I do remember Peter Shilton in the 70s choosing white as his choice of goalkeeping kit, as against the traditional green, but um, you don't see many of them. So it'll be a Millwall left-sided corner. Nice opening by Millwall. Left-sided corner it goes. He's taking it short to um, Benick. He retains possession... Shot wide left by uh, Barry Wallace, well wide left in truth. So yeah, some contrary stories in the week. Jed Wallace was due to be named in the squad this afternoon. Um, reports from the Sun Football, an ever-reliable source online, that he's disgruntled with Mill keep turning down bids for him and his uh, agent pressing for a deal. Um, who knows, this is like a game of cat and mouse that players play nowadays. I will be sorry to see him gone, but I, I personally, um, he's our best player, but I will personally be very, very happy to see this soap opera put to rest because I think it's a distraction. And if we're going to sell him, sell him. If he's to stay, make him stay, hold him to his contract. But either way, it'll be nice to get past the, the endless speculation. This afternoon's opponents apparently have made a £1.25 million bid, which seems to me very cheap for a player of Jed Wallace's quality. Um, with Lyle Taylor possibly being talked about as a make-weight in, in a potential deal, um, one, of, one of the boys, uh, Mike Hayden, did see Lyle Taylor signing some autographs for kids down below during the, in the pre-match warm-up. Now, whether that means he's going to be also signing a contract for us, I don't know. Seems a bit of a stretch to draw that conclusion, but that's the, that's the basis on which our show often operates. Stretches. Nice little ball through. This is Tom Bradshaw gets cut there by the 27. Referee lets play, uh, play on and shot, Scott Malone shoots left over the bar, left side from the resulting ball through. The referee playing the advantage there quite nicely, actually. Tom Bradshaw having to take a clatter for the team in that little incident. Good start by Benning Afobi. Another nice pass there, deep in their own defence, but he's been looking very, very uh, switched on. Nice take and turn by Sheojo, draws a free kick in the centre circle. I would think a yellow card, referee wants a word, certainly. Maybe a little early for his yellow card, almost seven minutes in. Or stay with a free kick, and George Evans chips it forwards towards Murray Wallace. He gets a head to it, no real direction, unfortunately. Talk online that apparently we're in for Louis Sibley, I don't know him, of Derby. And Fortuna Sittard's Zian Fleming, both with apparently bid for both players, both turned down at this stage. So, um, Fortuna Sittard, don't know much about that club, don't know any of the names, but there we are. It sounds exotic enough to be interesting, listeners, doesn't it? 
Nice take, midfield, Shayojo surging on down the middle, he finds Tom Bradshaw overlapping him, ticking towards 11 minutes, Bradshaw puts the ball across the face of the box, just in front of Scott Malone, that was inches from going in for the first goal, lovely, lovely ball in from the right side by Tom Bradshaw, the listeners. Malone trying to stretch, I think has um, over, overdone it. He's gingerly getting up inside the six-yard box. It's, oh, it's going to be a corner. Going to be a corner. Must have taken a touch from a Forest defender. Polite applause for that effort. Left-sided free kick, 12 and a half minutes. Jake Cooper goes tumbling. The referee gives nothing. I think because he's a big boy, he's a bit like the Matt Smith syndrome. If you're a big boy, you don't get anything. Somehow that's deemed to be part of the rough and tumble of your game. That looked like a penalty to me. Benitofobi turns his man, number four, long ball down the flank. Oh, he just runs straight into it, unfortunately. Unlucky. Good work by Benitofobi there. A little bit more fortune who have been through on goal. One interesting thing in the uh, soliloquy by Steve Cavanaugh that I did um, pick up on is that the club plan to dump the iFollow service next season, produce their own um, version of uh, you know, their own TV service. So a lot of clubs are doing this now um, to escape the dead hand of iFollow. That's going to be an interesting move. Um, apparently other clubs do do this, even Cholton do it, and uh, good, good quality content is produced so that's that's interesting I like the sound of that this is on the right side balled in from the right so it falls to Benegafobe inside the box pulled down no referee giving nothing again 20 minutes on the clock Lions are still first to every loose ball at the moment dear listeners it's been a great start by Millwall that was opportunity as the ball came in on the right side Benick went down, claiming to be to be pulled, but the uh, referee's not forgiving much to us this afternoon so far, anyway. All over the top towards Tom Bradshaw. He's done well to get his head to that. He, he jumps well. He reminds me a little bit of um, the way Tim Cahill used to be able to hang in the air. He's got a similar kind of quality for um, you know, a small guy. He does give a free kick for, for Nottingham Forest just to break up a chance and all to bring forwards, but it does seem to be rather um, wayward in his judgment so far, listeners. Is that a polite way to Got to be a bit careful. There was a uh, thing from the Athletic I saw about Manchester United. Apparently, some fans were making heightest remarks. This is not a joke or a wind up. Um, when Wolves played them, apparently, one of the play Wolves players, very small boat. And um, I guess, you know, usual kind of um, remarks from the crowd about short people. And that's been deemed as uh, discriminatory abuse. You've got to be so careful. I the world is moving in a very strange direction and the things that were once um, every day are overtaking. I, I, I must admit, sometimes, been brought up, you know, in the 60s and 70s and 80s, um, you feel a little bit like you're being left behind by these times. Right? I, I take it there's a political conversation got to be having. That's a lovely ball down the middle. Bradshaw takes and turns. He checks inside the box and can't keep his footing. Unlucky Tom Bradshaw. 21 minutes halfway through the first half now. Comes towards 22. It's been pretty much all Millwall. I mean, um, the speed of movement up front, the... Um, of Benick and, and Tom Bradshaw there. I'm lucky not to be able to keep his footing inside the penalty area, but it's been bright stuff by Mill. So good start so far. Nil-nil at the halfway point of the first half. Ticking towards 25 minutes. Who's this down there? Is this Bradshaw? I hope he's going to be okay. It, he's been very, very good so far this game. He won't want to come off, that's for sure. It looks like he's hurt himself, Tom Bradshaw. He's... Um, grimacing down there so while well, we wait to see how this pans out a um, little bit of news, low news Dan Moss, Millwall under 23 right back, has joined Leighton Orient joining Kenny Jacket over there at Brisbane Road on loan till the end of the 21-22 season um, preview 
previously impressed on loan with uh, Vanarama National League side Yeovil Town. Um, he'll link up with, with Alex Mitchell, who also gets very good reports. Um, another bit of loan news in, in the sense of being recalled from St Johnson is Hayden Muller's coming, coming back to the den. That was on news at den earlier on this afternoon. Bradshaw's limping away. Now there is a there is a, a substitution. Mason Bennett's coming. That's a shame. Played well so far in his uh, 20 25 minutes cameo. Tom Bradshaw. Good applause. close as uh, Bart Bielkowski cleared his lines there. 29 minutes. The break in play has just caused um, slight lull in proceedings from the Millwall perspective. It's been a good start to the game so far but the loss of Tom Bradshaw is a, is a, is a bit of a blow. Game's just um, moved into a bit of an aimless phase. The loss of Tom Bradshaw I think will be, you know, a, a loss on the middle side of things. We've just got to stay switched on because this is where Forest will feel they can start to get back into a game that was really, um, they were second best in so far. Strongly thinking of doing a, a with the popularity of the cookery shows, like a review of the, uh, the Den's catering listeners. Um, I bought myself a bit peckish this afternoon, so I bought myself a steak and ale pie at the uh, West Upper Emporium and um, a cup of Bovril, the Bovril, uh, I'm going to sound a bit like, um, who's they have on MasterChef, um, Jay Rayner, I'm now the Jay Rayner of Athlone Moor, but the, the Bovril was rather thin in its consistency and barely went beyond tepid hot water. Um, the, the, the pie was... Um, on the brink of uh, had moisture, just about had moisture. The kind of same kind of moisture you might get in the, um, the Sahara Desert near an oasis. You know that kind of like brief passing through moisture in the meat. Um, primarily, it was pastry with a bit of gravy in there and a little bit of meat. Um, I suppose if you're on starvation rations, then it's uh, it's better than not, not eating anything at all. But it wasn't exactly a culinary masterpiece. Game started brightly for Millwall, but it's gone a little bit off the boil. A bit like my um, my Bovril earlier on. Much needed when I first got in the ground, but after two or three sips of it, it was a little more than gently warm water. A hint of Bovril would be a better description of it. I'm banging on about the Bovril now, listeners. Millwall passing the ball quite nicely. They've found space for Billy Mitch. He's fed Shay Ojo. He's got Benningafobis on the inside of him. He's just run into trouble. Three, three defenders surrounding Benikafobe as, as he received that ball. And there come Forrest on the break now. The nine surging down the middle left. 42 minutes on the clock. Ball into the centre. It breaks away. This is Graben. What will he do? He'd love to score, wouldn't he? Oh, that's a great save from Bart Bilkoski. 22 fired from very close range there. Just outside the six-yard box. Great save by Bar Bielkowski, 42 minutes. Mill dodge a bullet there. Forrest on the edge of the penalty now. Two minutes, that all. Wow. Seemed like more than that. But anyway, there's the 20 just outside the Mill penalty. The 22 inside the box. That's fired into the danger zone. Bouncing around still somehow. Bar gets a fist to it somehow. Forrest on the, in the ascendancy here, listeners. Over on the left side now. Ball into the box and Mill do clear it. Ryan's very much on the back foot now in these last few minutes of the, of the first half. The nine takes and turns. He jinks into the penalty on the left side. Shot across the face of the goal. This is now on the, set, the right side now. This is the two pressing forwards. Ball fired at, at um, Bart Belkowski and somehow will break away. Just kid down in front of me with beer in hand. Pointed at someone in the forest crowd and uh, suddenly mouthing threats and menaces to him. <laughs> he, still, he still has it. You can't see him. I don't know why I'm saying look. Anyway, this will be the last chance of the first half, I feel, for Millwall. Scott Malone to take the free kick. It's two minutes are up now. Floated in deep. 
That was away from, from uh, Jake Cooper. There's the half-time whistle. 0-0 at a break. Lions making a really good, bright start to the game. Faded away from the, the in the latter stages there as Forrest started to take the game back to us. But overall, it's been um, an energetic and at times unlucky first half goal. But 0-0 at a break, dear listeners. Achtung, Mehlball. Some good news on the news at then, listeners. I was just reading uh, the website in the half-time break here. The expected return of Dan Ballard and Ryan Leonard appears to be much sooner than was originally forecast. Both are injured, obviously, earlier in the season. Both have made, both are making good recoveries. Possibly the uh, the fabled spring water of Downham has assisted in the in their recovery. Very similar to those found at Lourdes and some of the other shrines around around Western Europe. Um, but both are hopefully going to come back onto Gary Rowett's radar very, very soon, which is, can only be good news, particularly Ryan Leonard, I feel. Here come the lines out for the second half. Substitution here, who we've got coming in now? Ben Thompson on for Shea Ojo. Must have taken a knock. Great to see Ben out there in the action again, listeners. I thought he was out of favour, but um, it's great to see him back in the in the side. He's got 45 minutes to, to impress. I think he played for the uh, under 23. I, I haven't subscribed to the uh, the new video service um, recast. I don't know if you have, dear listeners. Um, I thought it was going to be like you know, you get it's a strange system. You get like credits. So I thought it was going to be a free thing, but actually uh, you have to buy some credits to, to watch the under 23 game. I'm not going to do that. Tight-fisted, I'll get that I am. But they've uh, switched over to recast. Maybe that's part of this planned switch away from I follow next season. I don't know. Game is underway. Darkness falls over South Bermondsey. Little inside flick there, just away from from Ben Thompson. I went to see the um, Danny Baker and Danny Kelly show last week. It was on a Blackheath Halls. Quite a good show, uh, Sunday night. Um, both good raconteurs. Baker is uh, live, is quite something to behold. He doesn't stop talking. Um, I, I kind of envy that kind of energy. I uh, don't have that ability to talk and talk and talk. I'm not sure it's the most endearing quality at times, but certainly in, in the context of a show, you need that. And um, he had some great stories. The, the old Dan, his old man, going to QPR when we've got B61 there. Chinning, chinning someone in the in the crowd. Um, hand grenade on at on at uh, Brentford. All in the context of football as, as part of uh, both his and, and Danny Kelly's life, and your life and my life too, dear listeners. So yeah, it was interesting. I recommend it. Not sure I'd want to go and see it too often, but it was good. That's damned with faint praise, isn't it? Not sure I'd want to go and see it very often, but I wouldn't mind seeing it once in a while. It's it's that kind of pitch. Taken turn by the nine, running towards the middle goals. It's a dangerous situation. Nice covering by Jake Cooper. 47 minutes, coming towards 48 minutes. It's going to be a left-sided corner for Forrest. Forrest shirt has, I thought he said Roxy. It says boxed, but it had a similar font to Roxy Music. I thought maybe they're all, um, you know, maybe Roxy Music are sponsoring them or something, but it isn't. So that's the end of that little thought, isn't it? In comes the... Corner taken short, back to the 20. We'll get the chance to cross it now. He's... Goal kick, Ben Thompson covering. <laughs> he worked that. He actually was laying on the ball, on the, and the ball I think was still in play, technically. So, um, he is one of our own, isn't he? Absolutely. Jinky run down the right side. That's headed up and away by, by Jake Cooper. George Evans brings out Billy Mitchell. Lions just getting hurried a little bit. I think Forrest's half-time team talk involved them raising the tempo of their game. Not so easy to pick up those second balls that I described in the first half, dear listeners. Good atmosphere. Darkness falls, the floodlights are on. Millwall atmosphere, what more do you want? Wherever you're listening in the world, from Timbuktu to 
Tobago and Trinidad. This is Millwall. Suppose the gamble for Gary Rower at this halfway point, 67 minutes, is whether you're going to introduce any of the creatives into the team. First ball over the top of Danny Mack to take on the right side of Penitentiary. That's run for a corner, right side of corner. Nice take on the run in from Danny Mack there. Forces a right side of corner. The delicate creatives, Tyler Bury, Connor Mahoney. Introduce them into this, into this game, I don't know. Forrest coming forwards now. Ball out wide, right is a chance, ball into the box, bounces around, it should be cleared by Scott Malone and is. One point that um, Baker did make, I'll come back to the point that Baker did make, George Evans gets caught in the midfield there. Slack work by Evans, but he does do well to get the ball back in fairness, 70 minutes. This is, this is Mason Bennett now. Surging on the left side, he takes on his man, he runs straight into him, unfortunately. Yeah, one point that Baker made, which was an interesting one, I thought, was that um, for many, many people, many fans that go to the games, football is as much about the social interaction with mates and um, people you're sitting near, or you know, the fortnightly um, face that you know, don't know his name, all that kind of thing. And it's as much about the, uh, the, the, the kind of um, the thing of being here, rather than actually any kind of deep study or you know, um, knowledge of football as, as a sport, as it's played. I don't know if I fully agree with that, but I kind of get where he's going with the social and interactive side of it, being with your mates. This is a little little backheel shot there from a nice move, actually, intricate move. That was grabbing, trying to backheel it into the den. That would have um, been right up East Street. That had come off, it was saved nicely by, by um, Bar Bilkowski. Big orange sign on the screen. Please don't be a tosser. This is the phrase chosen by the club to ask people not to throw missiles on the on, on, on the field. Don't be a tosser. Um, <laughs> it's memorable. I'm not sure. Um, I suppose is the point of any advertising is to be remembered, isn't it? Um, whether it has any impact on those that do it, I don't know. It remains to be seen. But don't be a tosser. Please don't be a tosser. The eight takes it, it's into the centre. Oh, that's headed down and off and away from uh, Danny Mack on the line, pretty much. Mill can't get the ball out of their own penalty here at the moment. Ball back into the middle, that was a flick header from Graben, I think it's still in play. Forrest still putting the ball back and forwards, that's batted away by Bart from a, a deflected header by, by Graben. Nicely done by Bart Bielkowski, saves the day. Mill come to a bit of pressure at the moment, 78 minutes, listeners. Long ball forwards. Mason Bennett wins it on the right side of the forest area. Taking on his man, what can he do? Can he get across in? He can, it's across the face of the goal, he's Bennett and Foley. Batted off the line by the goalkeeper. Poked from close by Bennett and the goalkeeper did well to get a fingertip to it. Pushes it wide for a left-sided corner, it's been taken very quickly. This is Benigophobia again on the on the left side. He's running into trouble there. Malone. Mitchell now. All the way back to Mario, Murray Wallace. Both sides having good opportunities in this second half. This is now Sean Hutchinson. Ball out wide left, surely. Here's the ball out wide left. This is now Scott Malone. Deep ball into the... Oh, that's a... I thought that was a crowd making as if it had crossed the line, but I think that, well it didn't, because there's a, a sensor on there, isn't there? No goal, but it was a shot come cross. Benigophobia wins the ball on the left side now. Hustled and bustled, he's still got the ball. Falls to Scott Malone, Bennett's in the area, oh, cleared off his foot down the left side. Late, late chances for Millwall, dear listeners. Ticking towards the final 10 seconds of the game. This is Scott Malone on the left side. He's punted it deep into nowhere territory, unfortunately. Been a little bit too much of that at times from Mill this second half. But it's been a pretty spirited, spirited match from both sides. I think both have taken the game to the other. The Lions have certainly done well to um, force some of these late chances. Forrest will also class themselves as unlucky. There they break. 
midfield coming down the, the left side of the mill defence. That's going to run through to seven. Back of the way, there's a goal. 1-0 for Forrest Grab and slots home from late. Ah! One minute into deep. Added time. Break down the right side, ball in from the right, it falls across the middle, uh, six yard box, and you can't keep um, allowing that and expect to keep defending it. And there's Graben to poke home, easy chance in the, in the end from very, very close range. 1 0 Forest, I think that's going to be it, dear listeners. Headed up and away, it's going to fall to Forest on the break. Surging forward, just one Danny Mac back there, and he does well to cut out that surger. There it is. Final whistle. Lions gutted to lose it. Um, don't deserve to lose it. I thought, it, to be fair, it was going to be a draw, but um, there you go. If you don't take your chances and the opposition do, then uh, that's what's that's the outcome of it. But uh, there it finishes. Full time at the Dan. Mill nil. Nottingham Forest won. The late, late goal from, you guessed it, Lewis Graben. We'll be back after these messages. Achtung, Mailball. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So here's my take as I walk away from the den towards Tilwood Estate. Uh, gutted, actually. Really, really gutted. I thought... I thought that was a really hard result for Mill to take. It was a, a massive game of two halves, um, in the sense that in the first half we were the better team, and I thought Forest were going to try a little uh, sort of smash and grab type thing with their last few minutes. Um, but apart from those last few minutes, we we were clearly the better team, but just needed to take some chances. Second half, yes, it was all Forest, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can knock the determination of that Mill side. We were absolutely depleted. You know, we, we've got. Our most informed striker um, comes off injured in the first half. Ojo went down injured, and as he came off the pitch, um, at the after he came off the pitch, should I say, and then uh, full time he, he's wearing a boot, so clearly that's a bad injury. Bennett, I thought he was knocked spark out when he was in the air, but he's dusted himself down and really kept going. Hutchinson was limping a fair bit as well towards the end. And if you've got a team that's so depleted and your midfield consists of Mitchell, who 
puts in a great deal of effort, but is not massively attacking-minded. Uh, Thompson, who hasn't featured at all when he's back in the side, and Evans, who seems to get nosebleed when he goes past the halfway line, you're not going to get the service that Fobe wants. But again, I don't think you can knock the side. That just shows the depth of the squad, and, and we just miss so many key players. There's a guy at the den sat next to me today. He made a great point um, just before Forrest scored, ironically. He said if it wasn't for inept strikers today, that game would have been 5 all. And I do think, maybe not as much as 5, but at least a one or 2 all would have been a fair result because we both had chances. But similar with the Palace game, uh, Forrest took it and, and, and we didn't. The Afobe one was clearly a key miss and, and Wallace's one, yeah, that went over the bar, I, I don't know. But you can't be too disappointed with Millwall there. Um, maybe, yeah, again, we didn't have the quality, but we just haven't got the players at the moment through injury, um, COVID and, and transfer speculation. But come on, your lines. On to, on to the next one. Well, there we are, listeners. Another disappointing home loss. Second one in a week, one way or the other. Joining me to chew over the cod now. Chew over the cod? Chew over the cud? That's because we were just speaking about food off air. <laughs> chew over the cod. If only I could have had some cod yesterday. It's Steve Evans. How are you, mate? Thanks yeah, morning, on. Nick. Morning, everyone. Um, I don't know what to make of yesterday's results, Steve. It feels like a bit of a turning point in the season with mid-table respectability being our, our target now, mate. How did, how did you find yesterday's Yeah, I mean, we were chatting beforehand and I said, I think yesterday was probably the last game you looked at and thought, if we're going to do something this season, we needed to win yesterday. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. we did, in fairness, we started quite, we started really well. Staff was pretty good. But it's, it's the same old thing. I don't know what he says to him at half-time because... Forest came out second half, towels up, and they was probably the better team. We had moments in the second half, obviously, but yeah, I was just yeah frustrated. We faded away. The second half was a real yeah. fade out because I, I I agree. The first half we were bright. We 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 had some chances, and I thought the um the loss of of Tom Bradshaw on twenty twenty eight minutes um took a lot of the spin out of our, our the zip out of our, our forward play because i thought he was combining very well with bennett and Fobe, some really nice takes and turns um but that all seemed to it put us on the back foot didn't it when when um mason bennett had to come in it was like um and then the loss at half time of of, of shay ojo i think yeah. also he was playing well and it just seemed to be um a fade out you know as as, as i think of it um your point about half-time talks is an interesting one because, you know, it's not the first time that we've kind of debated the whole management question because Forrest's form recently has been pretty, they've been an informed side under a decent yeah. manager in that, in that Steve Cooper. Um, and they came out, they'd had a poor half to start, really. I mean, they were on back foot against us and we, we probably should have made more of it in the first. But they came out and looked a much improved side. And... You know, is is it is it too easy a point to say what the manager's doing at halftime? Because our manager seems to put deadening the dead yeah, dead hand on us. Yeah. That's and the they thing. Came I think firing didn't they? It it happens too often with us. For it not, it's not a coincidence. So, so like like you say, you have to question what when he sees how well they in first halves. What he's what he tells them at half time because they they'll come out for a second half and be the polar opposite a lot of the time. Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to welcome Charlie Mahoney to the to the conversation. Welcome, Charlie. Hello, Nick. Hello, Steve. You all right? Hello, mate. You all right? Good to have you on the show, Charlie. Welcome. We've only just started, so um, I was just um, saying to to Steve um, yesterday felt like a bit of a turning point for the season. Disappointing loss. Um, I mean, for me now, Charlie, I'd say it's mid-table respectability that's our, our target. Now, how, how did you find yesterday's game from your side? I thought we started really well. I think for like the first half hour, we didn't really give him a sniff, to be fair. Um, yeah. But like you probably mentioned, maybe that like Bradshaw going off was a bit of a turning point. Not putting it squarely at Bennett's door, but I think just losing him and the way he's been playing lately and the, the team not having that outlet and that confidence with him up front just sort of changed the whole approach. And it sort of fell apart from there, really. Like, I mean, 
I was watching it thinking this might be a bit like after the Lord Mayor show for them after beating Arsenal. Because yeah. you know, we've, we've had a couple of scalps in recent years and the next couple of league games after that, we've just not played that well. It's not been a reflection of that previous result. But actually, as the game went on, I think Forrest got a lot stronger. And then you started to see why Cooper's doing a decent job there and they're sort of like in the mix now, really. Um, but I, I wonder how much of it was down to us sort of not keeping that intensity and like not not getting at them in the way that we were in that first half hour or whether it was them being a genuinely good side. It's hard to sort of tell, I think. I thought they looked a decent side, Steve, in the second half. I'd hasten, hasten to add that. I mean, what struck me was, um, and this perennial problem for us, mate, isn't it? I mean, squad depth. We, I, I don't quite um, understand bringing uh, Ben Thompson on at half-time. I know no. Joe was a loss. I'm, I'm, I'm still scratching my head with that one, even this morning. Um why Bury wasn't bolt on because I thought he, did, he looked quite bright when he came on against Palace last week. Indeed. Granted, it wasn't for long, but it would have been nice to see him given a longer, a longer stint yesterday to see what he could do. Ben come on and like we've always said with him, he'll run and run. But in fairness, give him his credit, he went 45 minutes without falling over yesterday. <laughs> but that's probably the only positive I could give you on it. He, he He's for all the want and winning in the world. He's he's just he's he's not good enough. And is is what you was just saying before Charlie came on about the pressing. Yeah. When Brad once Bradshaw went off the second half, we sat so so deep close to our own halfway line. The front three just weren't willing to step out and go and engage with them when they had the ball. That's a great point. I mean, I mean, uh, Charlie. I mean, I thought the, the real standout point for me in the first half was, yeah, you know, we were pressing high and winning every second ball as the ball was coming away. From the tackle, it was a Millwall shirt that was picking up. And that just didn't happen in the second half. And unfortunately, I think if you give any team, um, Forrest, I think are a decent team, keep giving them chances to get the ball into the danger area, which is what we did, you're going to get punished at some point. It, crushing to for it to be so late in the game. But um, that's that's the consequence of not, not playing the same game that you did in the first half, really, isn't it? Well, it's, it's not similar to um, how it happened against Palace, really. Do you know what I mean? We started that game with a lot of intensity, like got at them, didn't show them a lot of respect. And then you feel like in the second half, we showed them too much respect, especially like Elise, and without sort of naming individual names yet, like the same person letting that player cut in, do his thing about three times in 15 minutes to the point where the blokes nearly scored an hat-trick. And you, you just felt like yesterday as well, we, we kind of just, took our foot off the pedal and let them come at us and then actually allowed them to express themselves a bit more and show us why they're doing all that at the moment. But the old point with us is that we keep that intensity on them and don't let them play. And if that doesn't happen, then it's going to have serious consequences, really. Yeah, I mean, a, a point that struck me yesterday, and I'm interested to know what both of you fellas think, is that when we, when we play... Um, how can I put it? Let's call it a traditional Millwall style where the crowd come into the game because I, I think that's what the first half represented to me. But when we play that kind of on-fire football, however way you want to put it, we, we don't look a bad side. I mean, obviously there was no Jed yesterday. We'll, we'll come back to, to the soap opera that is, is Jed's, um, you know, on-off uh, transfer. We'll see. Um, but we don't look a bad side. I mean, there is, there is, um, there is life after Jed, Steve. I think if... If we can up the ante a little bit, it's just maintaining that over the 90, mate. It seems to me that's where the, the future lies, if we can maintain that intense pressing, because that was very effective in the first half. Yeah, I think like we, we've, we're all be in agreement on the fact that we do seem to struggle to keep that, that high tempo going for a whole 90 minutes, which obviously we're not one of the big hitters in the league, so you, you can expect it, but I think you've got... Um, Sort of instead of so we'll go at a team for forty five minutes, like I say, this may be where the team talk comes in as well. It's it's about game management. Maybe just take your take your foot off a little bit in the first half, but don't let them come too much onto you. Instead of going all out in the first half, and then the second half you spend the majority of it sitting back, inviting pressure on yourself. We're in danger of being a very very average team, aren't we? I mean, we're not a bad team by any stretch. Mid table is. I think probably a fair reflection. I'm hoping that's where we 
we finish because we don't want to get embroiled in anything down below. But I don't think we're that bad. I know it's a, that's a football cliche, isn't it? Um, too good to go down. So I'm, I'm hoping that mid-table is where we where we finish. But it, it does beg the question, what kind of mill are we aiming to be? I mean, for me, I don't know if you agree, um, the, 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 the real hopeful sign of the season is, has been the sight of some of the younger players. I mean, we mentioned Bury already. I'm amazed we didn't see him yesterday at some point because I thought we were crying out for the creative, um, the willingness to take a chance and get forwards. And we saw that with Tyler against Palace, but we didn't see it yesterday. I, I don't understand sometimes Gary Rowett's thinking. Well, it sticks in the core more because, like Rowett said, I think after the Coventry game, that, like, you know, he now realises the importance of playing these young players and putting them on the bench. <laughs> and on it him. just feels like he's reverted <laughs> to fight and, and not done it anymore. You know what I mean? No. Like, as soon as we go back to usual, like after the Palace game, and he can actually fill out the bench a bit more, these kids haven't got a chance again. And it's like, that's going to what their confidence as well, saying that I'm going to do this and, you know, they'll be included more. But when, when it actually comes down to it, just not even putting them on the bench, I, I feel like, I felt like a bit of a full storm. At, at one point, I thought, yeah, he finally gets it now and people want to see these young players. And he's totally got against that already. Like, in a game that, would have been fairly decent, I think, to see them because we needed that energy and we needed that tempo. And there was something very sort of, like, I don't know, jaded about us after about 60 minutes yesterday. And we did, Yeah, we did up tired, didn't we? Uh, yeah, you know, the McNamara's and that and Billy yeah. Mitchell and that. They were then on their feet after a while because they've had to be playing so much recently. Like, I think it would have been ideal for players like Burry to... To come on, to be fair. Yeah, there we are. I mean, there's some online villains, Steve. I mean, the villain of the piece yesterday is uh, Scott Malone for that. I thought <laughs> for I the Friday. Very, very oh, naive. I, mean, I, I, I missed it in real time. Um, and I, I looked at the highlights before we, we did the call this morning. And, and I must admit, it does look naive. I mean, there's, we're, we're still encamped in our half getting forwards. And he's decided to take a quick throw in with to a phobia with nothing around him. I mean, the thing is really as well. Not, Sorry, well, Nick. It's it's like um Charlie said, a lot of them were dead on their feet yesterday, especially a phobia. He ran himself into the ground, especially in the second half. Um Yeah, agree, yeah. And the other thing about that Malone front if you're Mason Bennett, you're losing your shit at him because he he ran sixty odd yards across the pitch to get a tackle in and win that throw. And instead of Malone just I know obviously it was at a point in the game where both teams were looking to get the ball forward as quick as they could, but You'd think someone as experienced as Malone would have took a second and just had a look look at a phobia and see that he's he's blowing out of his arse and yeah maybe have a, a a bit of a more of a look around to see what options he had as opposed to just throw it to the first person that's in front of play. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which I think Carol. is what is ultimately what he was looking to get the ball forward quickly, but obviously the ball's been given away and they've gone up the other end and scored. So naturally, you've got um, you've got, got to, to take a bit of shit for it. I'm afraid. <laughs> we we do love a villain of the piece at the end, Charlie, <laughs> don't we? Uh, it's like Ben's. I mean, I've, I've, Ben's taken some criticism, critiquing online. Um, I think also Billy Mitchell's retained a bit of a bit of um, pounding, which I think is. Um, you know, I don't know. A bit unjustified, that. Unjustified. I mean, one, one guy I picked out earlier on was, was knocking a phobia. I don't know what game he was watching. I thought a phobia was one of our, our, our most effective players. I mean, you can always pick holes when you've conceded late like that, but it was it was a, a poor decision, but there we are. That's what that's what happens. Um, boys, I want to talk about the Jed Wallace situation. Um, I mean, he was, he was injured. And again, someone's... Had a right pop at him on online today, calling him all sorts of names, um, which I think is a bit unfair. I mean, I mean, Charlie. I mean, I, I think that Jed Wallace doesn't have much to prove to Millwall fans in terms of um, his, his 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 contribution to the club. And you know, at some point, I think he is entitled to want to do better for himself and his family. And uh, you know, it, it hurts if he does finish up at Forest, I guess. But um, I can't blame any player for wanting to make the best of themselves. How, how do you see? How do you see the Jed situation? Is it something you just want done now, or you know? You yeah, still... I think that's that's it really. I want it resolved. I mean, there's a yeah. really sort of like I try and be mature about it, like yourself, and say, 
you know. It's hard good being mature. <laughs> but ultimately, I'm a mere Wolf supporter, and I want to call him all those names as well, despite <laughs> despite knowing that, that it's not the way to go about it and that. But I think that's the key now. It's not even what happens, like, well, when it happens, it, we just need a bit of clarification on it now, I think, because it's gone on too long, and I think it might be having a bit of an adverse impact on us because he was so influential. So yeah, it's like, I, let I, people I know what's going on. If we're going to take a couple of million for him, just make people aware that that's the case. Um, if he is actually injured, then fair enough. But I don't know how that would affect the dynamic of him coming back into the squads in a way with this speculation hanging over him now. So really, I just want, I've accepted the fact that he's going to go and we're probably not really going to get anything near what he should be worth. But I just want to know what is going on now rather than hoping for the outcome of him signing a new contract or hoping for a particular fee. Yeah. Um, I mean, Steve, I mean, a lot, we, we seem to be making bids for players that have been knocked back. I'm guessing it they they hinge on the the Jed um, getting Jed done so to speak um, mm. until he's gone. We're not going to make any moves or in position to make any big moves anyway in the transfer market. Um, he's, he's not going to be replaceable, Steve. But I, I do think there is a life after him. I don't think he's he, you know he's, he's a very good player, but he's not um, he's not irreplaceable, is he? How do you see it? No, I mean I'll be honest. I think well, I think most people probably when they saw the teams yesterday. My first, uh, my first reaction was right. He's off. The deal's done. Yeah, yeah. And part part of it is he doesn't play in the game yesterday. Um, but like you said, I saw that tweet of someone digging him out this morning. He he just before I came on here, he he's gone back at the bloke and said, "Look, I've had a, a recurrence of my injury, and I want to try and get back playing as soon as possible." So. On that, you you have to take it at face value what he's saying. Um, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, Agreed. if that is not the case and he ends up leaving, he ends up looking like an even bigger idiot. Um, <laughs> so you don't know, the thing is, when your agent puts stuff about to try and get you a move, especially when you're playing the te- one of the teams you've been linked with and you, you're on course to come back from injury and then suddenly you're not involved, obviously people are going to jump to that conclusion straight away. Um, at least he yeah. has come out on social media and addressed it himself as opposed to just letting everyone talk about it and him saying nothing. But I agree with Charlie. Either way, it just needs sorting out now. Where If he's going to sign to the Besiktas thing, I don't know whether that was just agent talk. If that's a thing, get it signed. If we're going to sell him and try and get other on various things that it, we're looking for two million, if we can get to the two million, then take it. And like you say, no, I don't think it is irreplaceable because... I think I heard on one of your casts from last week, um, we're inconsistent even with him in the side. Bury, Bury looks good. I think that loan at Hartlepool's obviously done him done him yeah. the world of good and he's come back a better player for it. Um, Alafay's out, still playing well at Sutton. So there's next season, we're going to have kids coming back from loans that have had a full season of EFL football under their belt, which they'll only be the better for. I agree. I mean, that's, that's interesting. You mentioned Isaac Alofe at, at Sutton. It's actually on my list of points to to, to mention today because, um, I mean, Charlie, I, I, I think that there's probably a case to be made now, whether Rowett will go down this road or not, I don't know. But, you know, to start to bring the youngsters in increase, give, give them starts, get them, give them the, the, get them in, in, you know, if we're going to accept we're a mid-table side now, which I think is realistic, I, I, I think you've, you know, this fantasy world to think of much more than that in, in all practical senses. Let's give let's give the likes of let's get an Isaac Alofe back. Would you bring him back or would you leave him to 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 um carry on at Sutton? I I would like to see him. I'd like to see him in the championship and see what he can do at this level if it if it is his level. Um well, is there a case going going down that road, do you think? No just no disrespect to him, but I think the less that we've got riding on our season, the more worthwhile it is probably putting him in now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. uh, in in the summer. I thought like, oh, maybe we should sort of put him in the in the sort of playing squad at least. But then they decided to loan him back to Sutton after that great season he had last year. I thought fair yeah. enough. But now I, I think players like him, yeah, like sort of bring him in and see what they can do and give 
give people a bit of morale, like give people something to look forward to going down there watching it without having expectations of what we can actually achieve this season now. And I think another thing to say is that these are young players, but they're not they're not like sixteen, seventeen. They're no, kind of no. of a decent age of maturity to be playing football. So I uh, forgive me, I'm not exactly sure how older Alefe is, but I know he's not, you know, he's not seventeen. He's he's older yeah, than no, I think twenty one, twenty two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I mean Steve, do you, I mean, would that be how you'd say? Would, would you think Millwall fans would respond to that? Um, that we're going to go down the, the, you know, start to play the the, the youth a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I know I certainly would. Um, yeah, me too. But, I mean, you know. he got injured, didn't he, Alafe, in pre-season? So I think Rowett was thinking about giving him a go, and then he got injured and missed the whole of pre-season. So obviously, on after that. Rowett had half an idea of what he wanted to do and decided yeah. to loan him back out. But we saw with Danny Mack last year, he uh, he, he came back and went straight in the team. Bury's come back from Hartlepool and he's, he's in the squad and, like say, he had a cameo against Palace. So, it's it's if you're going to bring him back, bring him back and use him. Don't just and play him. Yeah. stick him on the bench every week and never, he, he never gets on. That would be he's... my thing. If you're going to do it, do it for the right reasons, bring it back and play him. He's 22. Isaac. He is 22. Right. Yeah. Um, which, be, you know, to me, takes me to the point, your point, Steve, I mean, play him because if he's not, if it's not going to happen for him now at 22, it, yeah, it never won't will, happen, yeah. would it? You know, it, yeah. it may, he's made, he's made a good um, impact at Sutton and maybe that's, I don't know, maybe we haven't really seen the player, so maybe that's his level. I don't know. But you know, we need to find out from a Millwall point of view whether he's an asset that can can hold his own in the championship. Not everyone can, so let's see him. Um, I mean, I, I think I think it's the way to go now because I think there's got to be an acceptance after yesterday, particularly. It felt like a landmark fixture, as I've said a few times. Um, that that's that's the that's the season now going to be you know hopefully mid table respectability at, at best. Um, but a decent. Decent atmosphere in the ground yesterday, I felt, boys, but despite some fairly stringent checking that went on to get in the ground, it felt like I was getting into like an East German uh, stadium in the be a pre pre Cold War, you know. It was yeah, my, my of... mate likened it to um, airport security. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think the club's in a difficult position. I thought we'd, we'd touch on this. I, I, I don't want to go down the road of particularly knocking the clubs, it's dead easy to, to to do that because I think they're having to respond to um, the requirements that are going to be thrust upon them by the FA. But, I mean, it it, it does... It, and again, you know, COVID is COVID and the government regulations are what they are, so you've got to respond to it. You can't not do it. Um, despite what people sometimes say online, it, the club's not in a position to not um, behave within the law. But... I had to laugh, Charlie. I mean, I've showed my COVID passport at the at the kind of first checkpoint. Then I've gone through the the, the, the line of sniffer dogs to make sure. I, I was getting a bit worried about my heart medication. I thought, that don't show up on this. I thought, I thought you were going to say your cocaine supply, to be honest. <laughs> my ticker can't take that, mate. <laughs> I've got past the sniffer dogs. And I've got, into the, got through the turnstile. Um so yeah, I mean, I suppose that's. That. I mean, none of those things are Millwall FC's particular creation, but it does make for a, a strange experience, boys, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you're going to football at the end of the day. I, when when I did that wall talk um, thing, um, I was telling Max, who's, who's quite young, I was telling about the old days when you just pitched up at a turnstile and paid your money and walked in. You know, it seems also mm. innocent and <laughs> familiar and yet remote all at, all at once. Um, the thing is, Nick, you say about the um, uh, the checks yesterday. I took I took my little girl with me yesterday, and obviously, when you take a, those out there who listen to um, take a child with them, they know it's like a military operation. <laughs> so um, I've I've got like a sports bag that I just put all the stuff in that that okay, might yeah, need yeah. throughout yeah, the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just sound straight. Like they didn't want to turn me bag out or anything. I just sound straight through, <laughs> and then. You've got women with handbags who carry handbags everywhere. They're getting searched. It didn't make any sense to me. 
that never ceases to amaze me, Charlie. I mean, a number of times um, when I've been with like female, uh, my wife, uh, female kind of accompaniment, shall we say, they do want to check your ladies' handbags. I mean, well, they're not going to be the ones bringing in the weapons, <laughs> the pyro or whatever's going to come in. Isn't I don't it? know, mate. Like, yeah, you can imagine but, uh, that no. just turning around and then missus going, Yeah, I'll stick this in your bag for a minute. <laughs> Oh, but it's that thing, it's that lack of consistency, like, we, we've all got our own views on, like, how right or wrong it is, like, the club, what they're doing and the measures and the, this kind of campaign they brought out saying, don't be a don't toss, be a toss, toss or, a or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who come up with that. I, 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 really hope, I really hope Steve Kavanagh's not sort of sat there at, at his computer and fancy himself as a bit of a journalist and think, oh, <laughs> this is my time to put a bit of a pun into it, do you know what I mean? Because I don't know what he's thinking if that's what his decision is. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, I think with us, like probably more than any club, if you sort of like, if you shout at people not to do something, you might get the opposite reaction. And I'm not sure they're going to buy it in the right way necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I was talking to Steve before we started recording. I mean, I, I think the, the club is in a difficult position. It doesn't always, yeah. you know, this don't be a tosser thing. I mean, it, it, yes, we can all laugh at it. Um, and I suppose the purpose of any advertising, Steve, is to is to make it memorable. Even if you hate it, you remember it. You know, it's like all the adverts you see on TV. You might not like them, but you remember yeah. them. So I mean, the, the only trouble with that is, though, other than that, can you remember anything else about that statement? <laughs> No, <laughs> exactly. you're, you're gonna, you need to sell the whole thing, not just one line of a, of a paragraph. Like, don't bring your cocaine, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that snappy catchphrase. Yeah. Oh dear, yeah, it's um, like, like you say, it's like a, almost like a marketing gimmick he's come up with, isn't it? Yeah, so maybe that's maybe that's his new new career. I don't know. What Charlie don't surf or something like that. that <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. Anyway, it was a good atmosphere. Um, sadly, punctured obviously at the end by that late, late winner from uh, Lewis Graben. It had to be Lewis Graben, chaps, as well, before yeah. we close out, didn't it? You knew that was gonna gonna happen. Um, that was, I that said was he's good. gone from like. Do you remember he never used to play against us at the Den? He would get the no, he would get no. the classic Millwall flu. Flu, that's right. And he's gone from that to now. Every time he plays at the Den, he seems to score. And the more the more grief he gets, the more like, like Ian Wright back in the days, you know, the more grief he got, the better he played. So well, I, I mean, thought in the in the first half he was very quiet, Grab, and he was almost like he weren't even really playing up front for him. No, he was just no. meandering near the centre circle. Because me and my mate was like, he's, he's he's not really doing a lot, is he? But then second half, as as they grew into the game, he became more and more part of what they were trying to do going forward. And then obviously he was getting himself. It was a bit. His goal was a bit like. The positioning he took up was a bit like the Arsenal goal he scored. Yeah, where he just yeah, made, yeah, where he just made yeah. sure he was there to pick up if the ball's in the right area, he's going to be there and he gets a tap in. It's a weird there one, we isn't are. it? Because yeah. the, the problem we sort of had with him when he was at our place was his lack of professionalism and commitment and his work rate and things like that. And now, like years later on, yeah, he, he seems, seems to have yeah. those qualities, doesn't he? And he sort of gets a job done and he seems to take, he takes the pantomime sort of abuse quite well and uses it to fuel him. If only that was the player we'd had back then, there wouldn't have been an issue, I think. No, no. And he was always a good player, I thought. But, you know, attitude was, was the thing, wasn't yeah. it, back then? And he seems to have turned that around. So, um, yeah, um, regular goal scorer at the den now. I've just had a thought, actually. I'm talking, just going back to security at the Den, chap. So maybe the best security of all is to make life really boring and a dull mid-table finish where there's no excitement. You won't get many problems then. Maybe that's the club's ultimate kind of aim, you know, to bore us into... If that, if that was the case, we'd have, we'd have sorted it out years ago, wouldn't we? <laughs> Chaps, I really welcome uh, you you're coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie, and thank you, Steve. Great to talk to you both. Thank you. I just want to close the show listen I want to say two things um well actually three things number one I, I don't know if anyone's looked at this recast video app a thing um 
it's um it's I, I went to watch the under 23 game the other day and they wanted five pound off me to get 150 credits for whatever i don't know so I, that, I, I closed it and didn't go back so i'm not sure about the wisdom of recast video for player interviews that are never going to be all that enlightening or interesting um but that, that's the way the, the modern world seems to go for uh, for video content for clubs. So questionable from the recast. I want to say also thank you to everyone that contributed to the uh, the Bob Hunter plaque. Bob Hunter was one of our early coaches and then a great manager for us just after the First World War. And I wanted to get some money to put a plaque on the on the wall that the, the club were uh, advertising. And we, we made the £500 dead easy. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one that contributed to that. I will do a little um, note of something to say thank you because um, that happened so quickly that it took me took me back a little bit. Um, so that will happen. I will let people know when that, that plaque goes up. It's a great figure from pre-First World War football. And finally, chaps, I just want to say rest in peace to Paul Hinshelwood, who was a member of our 84-85 promotion winning season. Um, I think he came into the squad about halfway through under George Graham. Um, ex-Palace player, most of his career had been spent and his name was probably really made at Crystal Palace, but um, he was a member of the Mill squad in the mid-80s and he's passed away and I actually saw the uh, the Crystal Palace club feed posting a little obituary to him. Yeah, so, I saw that this morning as well, yeah. Good, solid defender, I think, um, Steve. So, um, I think RIP to, to Paul Hinshelwood. Um, yeah, a bit, bit before my time, but yeah, like you say, rest in peace. A really Absolutely. important Mirwall squad as well in terms of what yeah. we were going yeah. to do a few seasons after, I think. like The development of us as a club was massive in the mid-80s under Graham. Well, Graham, Graham turned us around, saved us from... I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say if we'd have been relegated to the fourth division, the club may have folded. Uh, times were that grim then. He saved us from that and got us promoted, which enabled yeah. us to build a platform for the first division days. And here we are now to talk about it. So... Yeah. Um, and Paul Hinchel was a, a solid member of that squad, so um, he's passed away. So, um, RIP. Chaps, thank you for coming on the show today. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll no worries, hopefully mate, do, best take do it again soon. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Steve. Cheers, Nick. Cheers, Steve. Yeah, cheers, mate. Take care. Thank you for listening to Aspen Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over there, Aspen Next time. Who do you want to watch? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.